You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since our eyes were crossing in the computer lab. Now dad's reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm J.B. Wagner. And I'm Eddie Ferguson. And on today's episode, we think twice before opening another fortune cookie as we review Freaky Friday. But before that, J.B., how are you and the family doing? Doing good. And especially my son tonight, because we finally got back something he's been missing for a month and a half now, about six weeks we went on vacation. Uh, we went to Alabama for Thanksgiving, went down there, met up with some of Colby's family. And while we were down there, we started driving back and we realized we had forgotten Blanky. We had forgotten <gasps> my son's Blanky. Big event. Not traumatic, not too bad, but just like, oh no, what's going to happen? And it just so happened that some of her family was still at the Airbnb that they had rented and were able to find it. It was funny because they were like all white bed. And the blanket is white. So it just blended in immediately when we were cleaning up the room. But it was kind of traumatic. We're like, okay, they're going to grab it. They'll take it home. Hey, we had planned to see them over the holiday time, over Christmas. So we could just drive through to Arkansas on our way and just stop and get it. And we were going to be there a couple of days. So that was the plan. And then we didn't. We didn't stop. We didn't stop like we thought we were going to. It didn't work out. They had other plans. Uh, And so... We're like, okay, when are we ever going to get this thing back? We're like trying to negotiate. Okay, they're going to come up afterwards and in January. And we're like, ah, that we just, we need Blanky back. This is just, we had given him another blanket to sleep, but it just wasn't the same thing. So finally today, just sitting there and all of a sudden my son walks in so excited because in the mail came his Blanky and he just multiple times all day today. <laughs> my Blanky's back. Like, I'm, I'm so excited. I love my Blanky. I'm so glad it's, so glad it's back. So. Eddie, we have Blanky back. We aren't the worst parents in the world anymore. We have a child who has a Blanky. And so I understand um, there's very, it's hard to negotiate when Blanky is not involved. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do you set down rules like try, like Blanky can only be in the bedroom or do we just drag Blanky all over the place? Yeah, there's not really that many rules. We we try not to take him anywhere unless it's going to be an overnight thing. Mm -hmm. So... We don't usually take it with us to Kroger or to Target or anything like that. We normally keep Blanky at the house. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, Eileen has a Blanky, and she will drag it in the yard, through mud, in the garage, all over the place. You know, and she's hanging on by just like one little corner of it, and it's just dragging behind her. And so we've tried. We've tried to be like, no, no, it's got to stay here. Do that. And it's just like, no, it's just not worth the battle. So we just sneak it away in the middle of the day and wash it all the time. <laughs> That's funny. That's a but good the idea. fear is like, what's going to happen when these things fall apart and there is no backup? Well, hopefully by that time, now the speed of which they get to that point is variable. Sounds like it's going to go a lot faster for your daughter. But yeah. Assuming that by the time that does start really falling apart, that they're old enough, maybe, hopefully, is what I'm kind of like putting all my eggs into that basket, that they won't need it anymore. But, but enough about me. Eddie, today, you, you brought up a topic a couple of weeks ago 
you said it just out, and you tried to corner me in the moment and I refused to be cornered because I needed time to emotionally and mentally process this decision. And so today we're like, we were talking about, Hey, what are some things we can talk about um, for one of our episodes? And you're like, you know what? It's time that we attack a few things that we've been talking about, talking about. And one of those is star Wars prequels versus sequels, not the original everybody. It's easy just to say, Hey, the originals are the best because they are. And we should state like for the record, if you're introducing somebody to Star Wars for the first time, you start with the originals. Yes, absolutely. Not none of this, oh, but it's episode 1, we should start there. No, 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 no. It it's the same thing when you're reading through Chronicles of Narnia, you start with the Lion in the Ward, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, okay? You don't start with the magician's nephew. <laughs> I don't want any of this chronological stuff. I I have strong feelings on on these things, so um yes what was it that a couple of weeks ago i just kind of like threw it out there the whole like prequels better than sequels type of thing it. i danced you around danced it. around it but i also know i know better than to to do this to you um you're uh an intj i'm an entj and the main difference is you need your processing time and i jump from the gut yeah, uh, and I've been wa- it's been funny. I should send you some of these. I've been watching these like this guy does all the Myers-Briggs personality at like a dinner party or them trying to trying to leave a dinner party. And it's just like, yes, this is spot on. This is perfect, you know, difference in all of this. Um, so I, I knew better, but I've I've had strong feelings about this because it's something that I've like been percolating on for a while. Um and a lot of it, I have to say, anecdotally comes down to how things set with you after the fact, right? There's one thing to say, like, in the moment, first reaction, this is how. But I think, like, the longevity and how things hold up over the long haul. Um, I think we were so excited about the sequels. If nothing else, yep. it was. And I think in particular for me, um Return of the Jedi is my favorite. Uh, and a lot of it's just that arc that Luke goes through and you kind of like just see Luke become this Jedi, right? Return of the Jedi. Um, and so forever, I like I always was curious. I want to see what happens afterwards with Luke. Um, and so that's really where like when the sequels were coming out, that's what I was looking forward to. Like I want to see what happened with the legacy characters. Now, with that being said, like, I understand we've got to, we've got to move on. We've got to create new, new characters with everything like that. And for the most part, I really like the new characters that they put out there for the sequel trilogy. Ray, um, Finn, um, Bo, uh, Poe, um, and even like BB-8. I think BB-8 was a, a great addition. Um, but my main complaint is the things that they did with the legacy characters. Then close second is that they went into it with no plan. What are you talking about, like, Eddie? There was you didn't you didn't see Palpatine the whole entire time? There was zero. And I mean, even like you this is maybe why I should stop watching behind the scenes stuff. I knew <laughs> that there was I knew that there was a problem when you know, in the Force Awakens, when Ray finds Luke's uh, lightsaber 
and there's these voices and they mm-hmm. and they mix all these different voices in. It's like, ooh, what could it be? They're laying in mystery. Like in the behind the scenes, they flat out say, like, we just threw a whole bunch of voices together. That way, whoever came next kind of had some options. Oh, it's my like, gosh. Um, OK, OK, that that's really, really hard. And then by the time you get to the last to um, um, why am I thinking of it? Uh, last Jedi. Is that the, the, yep. the middle one? Yeah. It just so destroys all of my childhood uh like love and enjoyment for Luke. And again, I should stop watching the behind the scenes stuff cuz like when and when I first watched it, it was like, okay, maybe I can understand, you know, and I'm trying to follow the stories this this and then I watch all the Mark Hamill stuff of Mark Hamill just being like, <laughs> yeah, I hate this too. This isn't I mean, he flat out says this is not my Luke. I'm playing a different Luke. That's how I just had to get through it. All yep. of that stuff. And then by the time we get to the rise of Skywalker, I, I have no idea. You know, I've watched that movie a couple of times now. I have watched all the behind the scenes stuff for all of that. And it's just like, I still don't know what all this is. So that's where I go back to the prequels and go, are they perfect? No, by no means. Is there a lot of weird stuff? Yes. And I'm looking at you, the weird love scene and attack of the clones where they're like sitting in the field and it is some of the worst acting ever. Um, I mean, even Natalie Portman where you're like, come on, you're a fantastic actress. Yeah, there's it's really it's really bad. It's really poor that all of that I can forgive because there's a a, a good storyline. There's compelling conflict. We understand what they're building towards. And what they build to, like they deliver on the fan service. We, they, he gave us the things that we wanted to see that happened beforehand. Are there weird things? Are they perfect? No, by no means. But that is ultimately why I would say the prequels are better than the sequels, in my humble opinion. I, you, you make, I, you I, yield, I yield, I yield, I yield, yield the, the floor. floor. When you first said prequels versus sequels, it's just hard to think about the prequels without thinking about um, how much everybody hated them when they came out. Right. There was such a vitriol against them. The moment the opening crawl came out and it was talking about trade disputes and taxation and all of these, all of these things, everyone immediately was like head tilt. What is going on? Um, and everybody throws out Jar Jar Binks as well, like right out of the gate. Like, how can you like anything that has him in it? So that's where my conflict was, because I also knew how much the ending of the sequels just went off the rails because of their own their own doing, because they didn't create a three story structure for somebody to follow through. They let Ryan Johnson do whatever he wanted to. And I don't even I don't think I even fault Ryan Johnson watching the behind the scenes of it. They literally said, go make your own film, whatever you want to do with it. Doesn't matter. They had like no prerequisites other than it has to fit inside of Star Wars. Like you have to actually follow certain things. Um, You can't just all of a sudden have random other characters from other series and their Marvel characters or whatever. Yeah. What I thought was interesting when he made that his rule almost for himself, and you can kind of see it in other stories and in other movies that he does. Uh, was that he basically said every character said, what do they want to do or what do they want in life? 
And how can I make them not get to do that for as long as possible as whatever? So if this person really wants to do one thing, I'm going to put them in the one situation they really don't want to be in. And that's exactly what he did with every character inside of uh, The Last Jedi. You can see even Poe doesn't really get inside of a cockpit from the first opening scene throughout the rest of the film, almost. Yeah. They split up Finn and the rest of the crew. He's off on another adventure going to Canto Bite. Um, Ray is doing her own thing, and she's, not, she's with her mentor, and he's not the mentor she wanted, that she, he turned out to be, and that we all wanted him to be. And it was all because he followed that same rules. So that being said, I, I, I kind of don't fault him. I kind of do, because you should have known, like, hey, how are we going to, where's the thing going to go versus just go make your own? But when I actually look back and see, okay, let's look at these, these movies objectively, and I went way too deep too fast um have spreadsheets right here in front of me that i can't touch most of the things on here because we're hoping we'll probably do a star wars retro same thing we've been doing with the with the disney movies whenever we're done with our two, 1988 to 2005 we're gonna go do star wars i'm sure so i don't want to touch everything that i've that i've got on this list and i went i went into like Who's got the better characters? Who's got the better creatures? Who's got the better droids? Who's got the better worlds? Who's got the better storyline? <laughs> Villains, rewatchability. And honestly, most of the things that came up, I preferred the sequels. What? Not the sequels. Sorry, sorry. I said that wrong. Let me say it again. I preferred the prequels. I said oh. that completely wrong. Sorry. <sighs> I was like, is our friendship uh, about our friendship to Friendship is end? ending. It's about to end. No. Uh, I, I did. I knew that's where you were leading and you might have even well, said that you, you had said it flat out. Like which I, one do you I prefer enforcement? I wear my opinions right out on my sleeves. Yep. Let's, we all know this. Once you get over some of the drawbacks of it, which is heavy CGI, the bad acting, especially in the second one mm-hmm. um, in, in episode two and Jar Jar and some of those like down things. They still like the top line characters that they had with Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan, with Padme, with Liam Neeson, with Qui Gon Jinn, Darth Maul, and Count and and Count Dooku, and better Palpatine, an actual thread of Palpatine throughout where you're seeing him rise to power. Yes, like characters alone. Even though I do love Poe, Finn, Ray, Rose, Maz, Kanata, the big thing you can see in there is villains. There's not any really great, strong villains because even Kylo Ray, who's supposed to be the villain is not that is not really, he's well, not he's, really g- good at it. Yeah. Well, I, I like Kylo Ren. I, I think he's a great character, um, but he's not a good villain because he has internal conflict immediately. Yeah. Too much conflict, like too much, like sometimes a little conflict is nice for the villain, but if they're like swaying back and forth and coming over to the good, going to the back, then they're just, they just kind of cease to be a villain. You need somebody else. And as fun as Snoke was, he didn't really do it for me. Um, well, Snoke, it's just like he's here and then gone. Like we have no time building with him. Yeah. And they kind of, yeah, I don't want to go fully into it, but I've got a lot more to say about it. But overall, if you just look at the lineup of Palpatine, Dooku, Darth Maul, yeah. Even where Anakin goes to and General Grievous, like those are some great villains yes. in of themselves. Yes. And that alone 
that it's a big reason you you hear us talk about it on here all the time. Why do movies, why do we rate movies high or low? One of the things for me is always what's the bad guy? Are they a compelling um, villain? And the well, sequels just don't bad have guy, that, that many good ones. Yeah, I mean, the a, a bad guy gives you the the compelling external conflict. Yep. Right. And that, I think, in essence, that's what Star Wars. What made them so good is you had this epic battle of good versus evil. Mm-hmm. And in order to have that, you have to have these really strong villains that give you this external conflict that the heroes must overcome. In the, the, the sequels, that gets flipped around where it's just like, it's not really an ep- epic battle of good versus evil. There's so much like internal conflict that each character is working to overcome that that's the predominant conflict in those stories is personal internal conflict, which works in a lot of movies. Don't get me wrong. But at its core, that's not what Star Wars is. Star Wars is epic. It's a space opera. It is good versus evil on the biggest scale possible. And they just, even if you wanted to do a standalone Star Wars story that was a little more internal conflict, I'm fine with that. But within the the saga, it doesn't work. It just never rises. It doesn't rise to that space opera feeling of it. And that's where, like, that original, the, sorry, the the prequels, there are so many moments where, even though I don't necessarily want to sit down and watch the whole movie all the way through, I want to see um, the Darth Maul lightsaber battle and just turn it on and watch it. I want to watch Palpatine and Anakin at the opera and that whole tension building as Palpatine is telling that story. I, there are so many sequences throughout those three that just boom impact you yep. where it doesn't necessarily work as a whole all the time, but there are those sequences. I can't think of a sequence off the top of my head. I'd have to think about it in the sequels where I'm like, ooh, I want to go back and just watch that. I just want to see that. So I will say so I'll say this. When we're talking about rewatchability, because that that won't spoil too many things. Um the only sequel that I've gone on to watch a couple few times, not hate watch, but just like go watch, like not to like, why did it, why did this not work? But just like to watch because I wanted to is Force Awakens. Yep. Force Awakens is the go-to rewatch of the sequels. Uh, it takes me back to 2015 when they came out and we hadn't had anything for a decade and just like that fun and excitement. And it does. And it did. I had lots of things that I really love about that film. Um, it's a great movie. It's fun. It, it's good. It's fun. It tees up a lot. Like, introduces all these great characters for the first time. Yeah. You get that. You get, there's so many, there's so many, and we'll go in deeper into it. I have found though, that I am rewatching more of the sequels than of the prequels than any of the sequels. And the one that, especially that I've watched that, that I, I'm just gonna say this is a hot take. I think that revenge of the Sith might be, one of my top two, if not uh, for sure three, it might be up there as a top two favorite Star Wars episode. Star Wars episode. I really, it's really good. What they, where they paired Anakin back, and there's so many amazing moments in it. There's so much heartbreak in it. The best, ba- best lightsaber scene, probably in the entire, all of Star Wars. 
Agreed. That's all I want to say. We'll get, we'll eventually get to it, but that it ended so well, that trilogy ended so well that it's like, it's like a basketball game. You do kind of don't remember what happened in the first quarter or a football game happened in the first quarter. You just, you, you do care about how it ends and such the, a great this, point. The prequels ended way better than the sequels did. So I think that's why it is getting for me. I would choose to watch the prequels before I'd watch the sequels. I think you just made the best point there in You're that um, Revenge of the Sith makes Phantom Menace better. Mm-hmm. But Rise of Skywalker makes Force Awakens worse. Because you know it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> right. Because at least, okay, when Phantom Menace came out, we we're all like, what? Who? What? Huh? And it, okay, each time, and then by the time Revenge of the Sith comes out, it's like, okay, love covers a multitude of sins here. Like, we all just are like, okay. But with Force Awake, okay, wow, okay, could go here, could go there. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And so now I can't sit through Force Awakens without this little bit in the back of my head going, yeah, but this doesn't mean anything. This doesn't go anywhere. This doesn't do anything. And it's a shame that they based Rise of the Resistance off of the sequels. It is such an amazing ride. Like the <laughs> all that they've put into this, and it's like, can we just go through and just, you could just swap a few characters and it, it'll work. Just give me more of a... It's still an amazing ride. Let's not... It's still an amazing it ride. Matter. Yeah, no. It doesn't... But it would just be like so much if more that was amazing. Vader, if that was Vader and Luke Skywalker. Oh instead. yeah, are you kidding me? If that was Vader and instead I'm of not, Kylo I'm not Ren. gonna be able to see that anymore. I'm not gonna be able to see that again now. Not wonder what it would have been. And like. go, what could this be like? Because you know, uh, having just watched the originals again and watching them with Lewis, you see why Vader is the epitome of 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 villains. And his arc that he goes through. Um, my four-year-old who's obsessed with when we sit down and watch a movie, the first thing he starts asking is, who's the bad guy? Is he the bad guy? Is Who's the bad guy? Is she the bad guy? Um, and with this, he didn't ask. He's As soon as Vader walks through that door in New Hope, he goes, Daddy, is he the bad guy? Yes. He's the bad guy to end all bad guys. Uh, I just want to put a little asterisk on this. When we talk about the sequel trilogy, uh, Disney era movies, we are not including Rogue One in this. Whenever we do our little episode about all Star Wars things, we will most likely gush over how much we love Rogue One. Um, But yes. Uh, I also, JB, just sent you uh, an interesting timeline. Yes, I'm very interested in this. Please explain. I found this on Twitter today. If the rise of Skywalker happened in 2023, the current year, it works backwards when all of the different Star Wars stuff would take place in our own timeline. So quickly, Force Awakens would be 22. The Mandalorian would be 1997. Hmm. Uh, Rebels epilogue, 93. Return of the Jedi, 92. Empire Strikes Back, 91. Rogue One and New Hope would be 1988. Andor would be 1983. The Obi-Wan Kenobi. At least season one would be 1979. Revenge of the Sith 
would be 1969. We go all the way back to 1956 for The Phantom Menace. I just thought that was kind of a cool way to think about the timeline of the Star Wars saga, kind of putting it within our own, just kind of getting a feel for those gaps. Interesting. I wonder why they didn't just start with The Rise of Skywalker in 2019, since that it like was when its it came release, out. release date. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? It wasn't my my Twitter post. But that's not why people have come here no, today. That's not why they're here. They're not to not to hear our us freaking out over the sequels. They and prequels. You all are all <laughs> here to hear our next film in our series from 1988 to 2005, and we are going to do the Lindsay Lohan joint, Freaky Friday. Lindsay Lohan joint. The the uh, like um, the Michael Scott joint the uh, that's where he he was the one first one Spike Lee this is a Spike Lee joint this is a Lindsay Lohan joint you've never heard that before I have not so let's cue the Disney sound effect <laughs> oh you haven't ever heard of that that's really funny. I have not. I have not. I'm sorry. Well, that didn't work. So uh, we're just gonna just gonna go on to IMDb and have them hopefully save the day. But I can already see they've broken one of my rules on here. But anyways, an overworked mother and her daughter do not get along. When they switch bodies, each is forced to adapt to the other's life for one freaky Friday. Two sentences. Come on, guys. You could have made that one. We don't. Other- we don't. We don't go into two sentences. Eddie, were you a big uh, Lindsay Lohan fan growing up? Was she on a poster on your wall or? <laughs> she, she, no, she was not on a poster on my wall. Um, but yeah, I would, I, I would say that I, I enjoyed Lindsay Lohan films. I mean, Parent Trap was a big one. I would say my absolute favorite Lindsay Lohan film, of course, is Mean Girls. There's hands down. Hands down, no better. Um, but yeah, I have not nothing against her. I saw this when it came out. I remember remember all of this coming out. Um, and uh, yeah, but I it had been a while since I had watched it. I don't think I have watched it on purpose since it probably came out, unless it was just on TV that someone else was watching. No, I've, I I never went out of my way to go watch this. Well, let's talk about it. Eddie, what are, what are your big takeaways from watching Freaky Friday? Um, honestly, I thought in watching this again, I was reminded, I'm like, she's actually a really good actress. Like, Lindsay Lohan is, is a really good actress. Really good? Really? Or just good? Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll take that critique. I, rescind rescind uh, the really. <laughs> rescind the really. She's a good actress. I think sometimes we discredit her, like, She's a child actor, you know, she got way over famous, da, 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 da. but I'm like, this is a, um, a well acted movie. This, this is a movie where if you don't have two great actresses doing this part or this a great just, actress and a, and a good actress. Uh, yeah. Again, um, <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to harbor to harp on that point. Um, that's what makes or breaks it. Like it is a it is a great story, but it's also a very overworked story. Um, there have been multiple adaptations of this. 
Um, it is based off of a novel that came out in 1972 by Mary Rogers. The first adaptation by Disney was in 1976, um, to which that starred Jodie Foster. I saw the poster for that. A young, yeah. a young Jodie Foster. Um, so speaking of good, really good, great actresses, I would say um, Jodie Foster would fall in the, the latter side of that. So you had 1976, you had a 1995 remake, you have this one in 2003, you have another one in 2018, I think that's a decom one, and then just in 2020, it was reinterpreted as a horror film entitled Freaky. So count them up there, folks. That's five movie iterations in this uh, story's timeline. So, it, it, yeah, it, it's it's a real, it's a great, interesting concept, but it just got beat to death. But I think this one holds up because you have two actresses who who sell it and sell it really good. And let's let's just focus a little bit on Jamie Lee Curtis, who is the reason that this movie works. Yes, like she's. Amazing. So her being in this definitely makes this film better than it has any right to be based off of what we just said. And Lindsay Lohan is fine, but, and hold your own. And it's, it's interesting because we watched this back to back with um, the Lizzie McGuire movie where some of our, my complaints specifically about Hillary Duff was that she was very blah, straight faced, didn't really show a lot of inner turmoil, um, which we talked about in the last episode. You can go back and listen to that. Eddie had some good thoughts about why that is. Um, to see Hillary Duff, who is older than older than Hillary in in and in this time frame, gives more of that like teenage angst. Why are you making me do this in the open? You mean the open uh, Lindsay Lohan? Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan, Lohan gives yes. in this, yeah. And then you get that same energy from Jamie Lee Curtis, like continuing that. I actually, I actually enjoyed what. What Lindsay Lohan did most for the majority of this movie, playing her mom, kind of more like how she normally is in a lot of films. But she it, she did a good she did a good job, and Jamie Lee Curtis like played it up, played it up well. Um, I liked I liked the two of them together. I thought they played off of each other well. Um, but the majority of that I that I give to Jamie Lee Curtis, and just she's she's awesome. It's funny we um, I'm a. We were just talking about Ryan Johnson. I am a little late to the Knives Out franchise. Ooh. Um, and just, I think, last week, yeah, we watched Knives Out uh, for the first time. Ooh. And fantastic movie. Like, okay, Ryan, you've redeemed yourself. This is where you're you really totally going. redeemed yourself. Yeah. Um, but Jamie Lee Curtis in that is, again, like, she is a really good actress. I, I think you will not uh, critique me for using the really there. Um, she in that movie is such an interesting, complex character where she can hit multiple notes in, in the course of just a, a, a quick little scene. And I think that's what's really, really good in this movie is that you've you feel that you sense that how they, they kind of hit those different notes. Um, and in particular, the scenes at the end where they're beginning to see each other for the first time, you know, yep. the, the speeches at the dinner party, 
that could be a scene that just gets really sappy really fast and just be kind of cringy to watch. Um, Cringy like the the young guy falling for the the mom scene in the coffee shop. the we'll cringiest of the cringe, yes. The cringiest. So cringy that Sarah is going, fast forward, fast forward. I can't watch I this. Can't I can't watch this. this. I, I, can't I can't handle this. I can't handle this. Um, that that could have been the end there, but I think you, the, the two of them pulled it off so well that it it's heartfelt. Like, it's a very um, rewarding moment that just kind of helps um, seal the whole movie for me. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. The way that they turned it at the end, because I had forgotten. I knew that he, she was going to play the guitar at some point. They barely made his character just, okay, you're back now to not being a creeper at the very, 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 very end. Um, Jake. Uh, Jake, played by Chad Michael Murray from uh, One Tree Hill fame. Um, I believe it's One Tree Hill fame. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I We have to talk about his his whole arc in there of like, liking Anna and then falling for Tess, like her mom really hard, like even more than he was with Anna, um, Lindsay Lohan's character, then crashing the um, engagement dinner. And he's like falling in love. Like it just got really weird, really fast. Um, And it kind of got redeemed at the end when he sees it. But then at the same time, I'm like, I can't unsee you falling over a middle over middle-aged woman it is almost as creepy as the adult female fbi agent falling for the little boy in blank check oh my that's that's on its own there there's that that's number one and nothing then this comes is, close to that that is like do we need to call the cops yeah like, this is like bro this is legal but this is weird just stop right too fast too too much too much they definitely didn't need to go that far in it by any means. Yeah, I'm ugh. I can see why Sarah would be saying why why fast forward. We can't I can't fast forward, fast forward. I can't watch this. Ugh. I can't watch this. Um I, I also enjoyed like how it, it, you have some really great comical moments, but then you also you go on this journey of of the other like truly beginning to understand why the other is going through the different things that they're going through. Um, and in particular, uh, and I think this is where I give Lindsay Lohan some credit, the way she portrays her mom beginning to understand high school life isn't as easy as you, as I thought it was between the friend, the old friend who's now the enemy. Stacy. Ugh, yes, Stacy. To the teacher who there's nothing I can do that will make this, um, you know, you're just going to give me an F for everything. And then that just kind of rewarding moment of like, oh, why is he like this for that? The the way that the and I mean, there's on the other side of it really well. I thought that was really interesting. We didn't just lean into the comedy and the situational moments, but we also gave it like. Oh, by the time that they switch back, it's earned like the whole like understanding where the other person is coming from is earned, not just in one quick moment at the end, but we slowly build up to it. Like we have a really good character development through it all. I do like when they're 
holding hand and they're going, I'm being selfless. Are you being selfless? I'm being selfless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, you're not because I'm being selfless and, and we haven't switched yet. So it's, yeah. I, another one liner that I liked uh, was when Jamie Lee Curtis is on the phone and anytime she's getting a phone call and you just break into the middle of her conversation, you have no idea. And she says things like, why would I need a leprechaun eye sculpture? I'm not even Irish. It's <laughs> just like <laughs> hangs up. It's like, I want halibut. We need halibut. You need, you need to give me halibut. Um, there's also that great sequence where she's doing the, uh, like pretty much phone counseling and, but the lady behind the counter thinks she's talking to her and like takes, it's like that. That's just a great little throwaway moment. It was really, inter- that- yeah, it was really interesting when she's taking those phone calls. Cause that is real life for a counselor, for a psycho- psychologist or whatever. Um, forget the name of the role. Psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Yes. I remember being at the Marley's house growing up. And Mrs. Marley would get those phone calls all the time. And she'd yeah. have to, br- we'd hear her having the conversation with these like people who had needed a lot of help that would call her. And she would just be sitting there counseling them, like t- talking them back off, off the, not physical ledge, but off the metaphorical ledge of like doing something bad. And it was just interesting. Oh yeah. That I remember experiencing that when I was a younger kid being at their house yeah. and hearing her take these phone calls. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the brother, he was kind of annoying through a lot of it, but I did love the moment when, uh, when the stepdad comes up and he's like, "Hey, can I have ice cream?" He's like, or he's like, "Isn't that going to spoil your dinner?" And then he says, "This can, this whole dad thing can be. It can be either easy or it can be hard." And he's basically looking. I'm like, "Give me the candy." <laughs> I botched that. It's a better moment than what I gave it to it, but I liked it. I also liked uh, um, when she's talking on the phone with 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 one of the producers. She says, "You are smart, strong." Independent woman, you don't need a man to complete you. I love, I love that that <laughs> moment as well. But we have to say there is one line that stands out above all the others, and it stands out because it was a line that my own father delivered to me and to you on multiple occasions. So when it is quoted in the movie, I immediately am like, <laughs> I almost. I well, and I almost texted you, and then I'm like, "Wait, no, we have a whole podcast, so that I don't have to do this." But when she s- tells her to go make good choices, make good choices, which is which is very close. My dad's saying was always make wise choices. Um, but I mean, every day for my whole life, uh, I heard him heard him say that. So that was just like such a great parent line that that resonated. In many different ways for me. It's timely, especially with your parents being here just recently. <laughs> well, it's funny. Anytime that they would, you would, you would love this, that they would like go out and see things around here in Costa Rica or whatever, as they were walking out the door, I would always say that. To make wise choices. Like, like make wise Ed, choices. Make wise choices. <laughs> um, my other great little line, I can't remember exactly where it happened and all of it, but um, uh, this morning was good, but then I got up. <laughs> oh, it was the the uh, Evan character when he's sitting on the couch. He's like, well, this morning was good, but then I got up. I'm like, I need that on a T-shirt or a coffee mug would be even more ironic. Uh, the concert, um, which we all could kind of see what was going to happen, like her taking sure. over and, and doing the um, guitar and everything like that. Uh, the parts I loved is one when they're like... Uh, do, what when they ask her what key they're going to be in, she's just like, I just thought we could play in the key of rock. Like, <laughs> oh, honey. Uh, and then when her mom's playing and then all of a sudden it like goes to like 
the ending chorus and she's just like swaying and like and like playing her guitar like like up and down and up and down um no, that was that like was fun that was that, a fun was, that was that was like one of those little moments that i'm like i okay Lindsay lohan's is is a, is 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 a good actress here like she is playing that as you would expect like an awkward an awkward mom would do that whole sequence but jamie lee curtis gets the the offstage rock solo moment that is just brilliant and also the talk show oh the talk show was something else something special <laughs> i like i enjoyed both aspects of it where you get the whole um how do i talk about something that i have no idea what mm-hmm. i'm talking about i love that type of situational stuff um like um uh, a friend of ours, John Mulligan, used to do this great little sketch of of like a, a a preacher who didn't realize he was supposed to preach, and he has to come up with a sermon on this fly. But instead of picking up a Bible, he picks up a hymnal, and and just kind of that like I don't know what I'm really doing here, but fumbling through it like that style of comedy to me, I love i think it is is so smart so funny and like the the opening moments of that is so good and then they just let jamie lee curtis just go go wild and crazy and her like crowd surfing this talk show crowd like of course well i was like cringing the entire not not in the same way with jake but like just cringing like oh no this is <laughs> why is everybody saying yes why is everybody not in it um but yeah, any other standout moments in this? I, uh, we've had a lot of praise for it. We've had a lot of praise for it. I do want to talk about the fact, is this, even though we've kind of said Jamie Curtis is awesome, Lindsay Lohan holds her own, uh, there's funny moments inside of it, the, but do you actually want, do you actually foresee yourself rewatching this anytime soon? Like going and being like, man, I, I had so much fun on Freaky Friday. I'm going to watch this again. Not anytime soon. I don't think I but, am. I don't think but I, I am don't, either. But I don't think I would say like, I'm never watching this again. Like you were with Lizzie McGuire. Right, right. I, I could foresee a scenario where it's like, if this was playing on somewhere or... Um, you know, a few years ago, somehow the kids wanted to watch this. I, you know, I, I could see that. I think a lot of our praise, though, is coming from, and I don't know, well, at least mine is. I, I got to be honest, I came into this with really low expectations. Yes. Where I'm going, okay, here we go. It's Freaky Friday. There's probably going to be, oh, oh, this is a lot better than I thought. Um, and And so I think that's where, let's let's put this in a more balanced view. I think you're right in that, like, yeah, I'm not going to be rewatching this anytime soon. I don't even think that there's any like sequences that I'm like, oh, I want to like go back and rewatch that little funny moment. It was a lot better than I expected. If you've never seen this movie, yeah, I would, I would, I would say like, yeah, if you're like, I don't know, what should I watch? Especially if you grew up in the 2000s, there's enough um nostalgic little moments here and there where it kind of like helps you relive those those that the yeah. kind of era a little bit. I also would say I miss all this simple story. Like 
the it, I would call this a single. You know, it's not a double or a home run. It's just a single. Uh, but I also like that style of storytelling. Like I, I, I enjoy just kind of popping on a simple story. Last thing I just wanted to mention was I loved the way that they handled the teachers' lounge when they're just like they're so burnt out they won't know what's happening. Yes, that's a nice little we, little nod. That probably uh, got the biggest laugh out of uh, out of all the lines. In that, but. <laughs> but we never know what happened to Stacy. She totally uh, erased her whole test. It's, it, there, we had no resolve of that. I was. I was. I it was, was interesting curious. to make Stacy just pure evil and have no backstory to her. What like they tr- like almost set it up like, oh, you're gonna find out that they had. She's like, nope, she's just evil now, and she doesn't. She doesn't care, and she has no even agenda other than just evilness, spite, just spite. Just bite for everybody. But isn't that teenage girls for you? It's just, if they were, so if they were going to remake this, that would be one thing they'd probably delve in more into is Stacy. And the other part is they would probably completely redo the premise of the Asian restaurant and everything like that and would not touch many of the taboos now that they could not get away with. I did have that thought of like, I don't think that they would, uh, they would go that route. But at the same time, yeah, it's 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 cliche, but it also like how else would you how else would you sell that moment? I don't know. I don't know. We can watch the 15 other versions of this and see how they Hey, we could. Wouldn't that be funny if they're all Chinese restaurants as well? Uh, I feel like we've come to the moment where uh, everybody wants to know how are we rating this? So, I have been fairly glowing in my review of it and i do want to put it higher than lizzie mcguire i just don't know that i want to put it that much higher so i'm gonna go with a two i think i think a two is warranted in the sense of like you get a full extra point for jamie lee curtis and Lindsay lohan and there was some pal there was some good there was some good enough moments and it was fine i just don't know that i want to i'm thinking about all the other movies that i have as a two or two and a half or three and I can't, I can't put it above some of the other classic ones that I kind of brought down in my review. So I think, I think I, most of my energy of like, oh, this was better is like what you said. It's better because it, we had, we weren't expecting anything good. So I'm going to give it a two. So you're, I'm just going to quote you to you because you love it when I do this. You're going to say this is on par with Homeward Bound. This is on par with Nightmare Before Christmas, Blank Check, Santa Claus Heavyweights, A Kid in King Arthur's Court. These are all movies that you gave a two rating to. James and the Giant Peach, 101 Dalmatians live action remake. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say so. I think, and if you listen to us on episode 100, which is coming up very soon, we're going to kind of touch on the episodes on the on the movies that we wish we could go back and re-rank a little bit um but i would say yes i would agree that it is around a two i'm gonna just give it a little bit more um uh, i was thinking more of like a 2.5 i'm gonna give it two and a half fruit snacks um and a lot of that i would say that 0.5 is just the pleasant surprise that i had of like 
oh, this is actually a, a decent movie. I was gearing up for like a Herbie fully loaded and ended <laughs> up with this. Which, speaking of, do we ever cover Herbie fully loaded? Yes, we do. We will get to it. Wow. Okay. Like one of the last five movies we that's, go over, but that's we're going to hit it. too, right? That's Lindsay too. Yeah. That was the moment where everybody went, oh, okay. Well, with that, your life has been forever changed by another episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. And while you're there, please, please give us a five-star rating and share it with your best friend. You can also check us out at honeywemade.com where you can see our full movie list. As we continue to go through all the Disney movies from 1988 to 2005, a.k.a. our childhood. But next week, we're going to take a break to celebrate our 100th episode, Eddie. We're going to do some special Crazy. stuff on that episode. A little bit of what we have touched on today. Thank you for listening. And remember, make good choices. 